listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So today, you know, I had a... a, a, a couple things happen in the last month uh, that were a heart's desire of mine. So when I got to have the opportunity to sit down here this morning and, and, and be with you, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to touch on this topic and there's so much you can go through, you know, with any topic that's given, there's so much you could go through. Like you could keep going on and, you know, I could be here for five days and be like, I have 20 ways to see your heart's desire. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm trying to make it in this amount of time that I have with you. And so today I'm going to be giving you three keys that I felt like were important to see your heart's desire. Because a lot of time uh, we have a desire and, you know, we all are gung-ho about our psalm, uh, our psalm verse that always comes up, uh, you know, and uh, he gives us the desires of our heart. And it's things we quote, but then we actually don't believe it. We actually let our guard down or, you know, it's just like anything. The newness of something is the excitement and you're all in it. You're all for it. But then all of a sudden, you know. You don't see something right away, and then it, it's like a, a deflated balloon. <laughs> it's just like what ends up happening because our natural man steps in. So I wanted to go over with you three keys that are important to getting your heart's desire. Getting your heart's desire. And um, the, the first thing I'm going to start off with is the first one is we're going to have to disconnect from the world. And listen, a lot of you that are watching, first of all, make sure to share this broadcast. Uh, second, a lot of you are watching and you're saying, okay, disconnect from the world. It's something we've heard so much in the last few, you know, last year and a half, even more than ever, you know, especially living the life of a Christian. You, um, you hear that all the time. We're in this world. We're not of this world. And, you know, talking about disconnecting from the world. But as you see, <laughs> the way a lot of Christians behave, uh, that's not really technically <laughs> how Christians live. They're not truly disconnecting from the world. They're not truly disconnecting from the world. So I'm going to start with, Psalm, um, what did I have here? I thought my notes here were connected, but here they are, not. Oh, here we go, jumping on the same Wi-Fi, and boom. We're all synced together, and now I know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, like if we didn't have how much we depend on these things like internet and our devices and everything syncing properly. And you know what? You just can never assume, okay? Because you know what happens when you assume. And now we're going to go into the Word of God, Psalm 37, and we're going to start with verse. <laughs> we're going to start with verse 3. All right, Psalm 37, verse 3. 
Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires, your heart's desires, the desires of your heart, whether whichever translation you read. Now, verse five, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. So there are going to be some things. Uh, there's going to be some things that we're going to have to 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 operate in in order to see the, the heart's desires. Now, God has placed desires within our heart. He didn't put them there as a carrot dangling in front of you. You're a rabbit and it's something you're never going to get. But, oh, it sounds nice. Oh, this is something, you know, that I really want, but it's out of my grasp. It's out of my reach. No, we need to change our thought process. We need to change our thought process and be like, um, that's a desire in my heart. How do I achieve it? How do I get it? How do I make it happen? How? Not I can't. We have to change our vocabulary. Not, oh, that would be nice, but it's not for me. That would be nice, but it's out of my, my grasp. You know, that's a, that's a really big desire. That's a really, but look at, look at where I am now. Oh, but look at my past. That's just something that doesn't happen for me. This is what we have to do. We have to disconnect ourselves from the world because the world is not for us. The world will give you a way out of everything, not a stick it in faith kind of place. That's not how the world operates. The system of this world hasn't set. It's not my my uh, my pastor said yesterday that the system of this world has not uh, doesn't have it set up for you to walk by faith. And I know that's a simple statement. But it's something that we all need to dwell on. The system of this world has not set it up for you in a way that you can walk by faith. It's a world of failure. It's a world of compromise. It's a world of, of lack. It's a world of uh, fear. So we have to remember that the world is not for us. We don't need to get our cues from this world system in order to see the desires that are placed in our heart by our Heavenly Father who wants us to succeed, who's given us all the ammunition to succeed and to walk in victory. That is how we have to look at it this way. So three keys, I'm starting with number one, to having the desires of your heart is we have to disconnect from this world. And I was reading last night and I got in bed and I was reading Psalm 37, 3, 4, and 5. And I just kept reading it over and over again. And I was like, look at what comes first. And then there was the word then. Look at it. It's like, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. So there's action steps to seeing what the desires we have. There's action steps to this. Next, what do we have to do? We have to take delight in the Lord. We have to take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. So I was writing down, I was looking up the definitions of these different words and it was delight. A few, a few definitions that I got from it was greatly please. You know, so it's always good. I love going to the dictionary and looking up the meaning of different words and getting, you know, different meanings of them because I can read it differently. It's like take delight in the Lord or greatly 
please the Lord. What are you doing that's greatly pleasing the Lord? Are you living pure? Are you living holy? Are you living righteous and right standing before him? Are you greatly pleasing? Are you winning souls? Are you speaking right? Are you believing and operating in faith? Think about it. Are you greatly pleasing the Lord? Because if you are, then you will get your heart's desire. So look, the next, it says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit, dedicate, pledge, devote. Are you dedicating your life to the things of God? Are you pledging? Have you, have you made a vow? You're saying, I will trust. I will live this thing. I don't care what others are doing around me. I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care who's falling, who's saying what. Am I going to commit? Am I going to stand? Am I going to commit everything I do to the Lord? Because look, after that, he's going to help me. He's going to be there. He's going to be what I need when I commit my ways. And it says, and to dwell. So to dwell is to live, reside, to stay, to hang out. Are you dwelling in the house of the Lord? Are you dwelling in his presence? Are you taking the time to, and you know, I, I, say, it, I say it like this, not to dumb it down, but as one of the words for dwell is hang out. Are, are you hanging out? Are you, have, you have a relationship with your heavenly father. Are you spending time with him? Are you penciling in time like you're penciling everything else? Are you setting up a schedule to read his word, to pray, to worship, to brag on him? Why don't you just take 20 minutes while you're cooking breakfast? Why don't you just take, you know, 15 minutes while you're preparing dinner and it's you in the kitchen or while you're putting laundry away to just thank the Lord? I was doing that the other day, sitting on the couch, drinking my coffee, literally in the quietness of my home, looking around and literally just started saying, you know, there's always things you can look around and say, well, I wish this was a little bit better or I wish I had time to fix this up or man, look, you know, you can criticize more. I'm looking around, I'm like, man, my kids have ran those hoverboards all through the house and I really need to repaint those baseboards again. <laughs> Not the first time, again. But you know what? Instead of looking around saying all these things I needed to do, I literally just started thanking the Lord. I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this house that you prepared for us. Thank you for that kitchen. Thank you for this couch that you gave me. And I just started pointing out all the things that you would normally look around and say, I need to fix this. I need to do something about it. And I just started thanking him. So that's what you have to do. When you wholeheartedly get Psalm 37, three through five in your spirit, there is an action to get your heart's desire. And so the first one I'm talking about is disconnecting from the world. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So when you're reading these verses, you, <laughs> you see that there's something that you have to do. You have to do. You have to seek the kingdom. So we just talked about that in Psalm 37, what are things? Commit, dwell, trust, right? Delight. Okay, so now in order to disconnect from the world, we have to seek the kingdom above all else. 
You will not take your cues from the world when you're seeking the kingdom of God. You're going to take your cues from your heavenly father. You're not going to take them from anywhere else. So you're going to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. So it's seeking the kingdom of God, but you're now living a certain way. Same back with Psalm 37. You're committing. You're taking delight. You are trusting. You are dwelling. So there are things that we have to do as believers and not just sit on our butts and quote scripture and not just go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and call it a day. There are things we have to do to receive, to get the desires that God placed in our heart. It's not there for a test. It's not there to dangle it and say you can never have it. It's there for you to get it. But how? And there's things we have to do. So we're going to seek the kingdom of God. That's a disconnect from the world. When you seek the kingdom of God, when you're in his presence, that's a disconnect from the world. There you're able to hear the Lord. You're able to hear the Holy Spirit on how to get the desires of your heart. He's going to tell you steps. He's going to give you a direction. But you have to be able to be in his presence. You have to be able to hear these things to get the desires of your heart. Look at um, James 4.4. 4. It says, I love James, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Okay, think about that for a second. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? That right there should make you step back like 25 steps. Like I want nothing to do. I don't want to look like them. I don't want to smell like them. I don't want to react like them. I don't want to talk like them. You got to take a step back. I am not friends with this world because then I'm an enemy of God and I want to be in right standing with God. I want to have the blessings of God. I am so glad that he's my heavenly father. I've said this before. There's two fathers in this world. There is your heavenly father and there is the father of lies. lies. The father of lies and your heavenly father. You only have one, one daddy, one daddy. This world will try to make you feel like you have two dads, right? All the ads that they're doing, all the commercials that they're doing, that you have two dads. No, I'm sorry. He's made it just like in the family unit. One father, one mother. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and serve the devil and think your outcome's going to be good. You can't serve both and you can't receive the desires of your heart. You, there's going to be severe consequences for being lukewarm. There's just, it is what it is. So yeah, there's two fathers and the world will tell you it's okay to have two dads. They'll put that in front of you. Constant ads, constant movements, constant we're doing this, we're releasing this, it's put into movies. But no, there's one father. And if you're a child of God and you've accepted Jesus as your savior, he's your father. So stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Disconnect from the lies. Disconnect from the fear. Disconnect from the, the you can't have this, it's out of your reach, it's out of your grasp. Disconnect from it. You know, one thing 
I was, I was uh, scootering with my nephew the other day. Yes, scootering, electric scooter, big one, not like some little kid one, <laughs> like the kind that you rent in cities. Um, we have those, and we go into all these different gated communities, and um, we were looking at some really, really big, nice houses. And I don't have a, a super tiny home, but I don't have these houses. And... Um, you know, I was telling Alex, I said, you know, I've always put things in front of me. I've always put things in front of me that were grander than what I have at the moment, uh, bigger than what I have at the moment, because I was never the person, and I'm thankful, and I know this is how, as a Christian, we're supposed to be, never the person where you get around that stuff, and it's... I. I'm just never going to be able to afford that. Because there, there's the two t types of people that are like that. I'm, I'm just never going to be able to afford that. It's out of my reach. It's out of my grasp. That's just not for me. That's just... And I said to Alex, I said, I, I would bet money that the majority of these people in here are heathens. So why do I have to go around and look at that and be like, they have better stuff than I do. So how do I get that? How do I operate kingdom principles to get me to where these worldly people have gotten? And I've always had that in me. So you, you, you don't, don't put things around you where you're like, man, you go on a nice vacation. You're like, well, this is the last, this is the last time I'm ever going to be around this because it's not like this where I live and I don't have all this stuff. And you're always kicking the dirt. No, no. Put it in front of your eye gate. Put that in front of you and say, you know what, Lord? How? Tell me how. What God ideas? What, what, can, what can I sow to get me to this? What can I do? What can I work hard? What, what can I put? Put the plow to my hand. What can I do to raise me up to be a, a bigger giver in the kingdom, to have larger seeds that get, you know what I mean? He, that's what Matthew 6, 33, it's not just a spiritual blessing that he has for you. He wants you to have wonderful things here on earth. So don't be around stuff and let it get you down. Be around good stuff and be like, yeah, my God has that for me. That's a desire I have. And I'm going to see it before he returns. So you got to disconnect from the world because they will tell you that you can't have it and you're going to end up struggling and, you know, you need, it's just a complete disconnect that we have to have from this world system because it's all lies. It's all lies. All right. Number two, we got to learn to stay in faith. We have to learn to stay in faith, to persevere. You know, I did a broadcast, um, maybe it was last week or the week before, and, oh, God is working in your waiting. I did a broadcast on in the afternoon, God is working in your waiting because lots of times we're not pushing through. It's like, need that miracle right now. There's a desire in my heart. I need it right now. I don't get it. Oh, I guess it's not God's will. I guess it's, it's like we speak against the desire that he's given us. Speak against the desire that he's given us. And we need to guard our mouth. Our thoughts, our mouth are connected and it's connected to our heart. It's all like this string that's like right here, this flowing uh, tunnel, this flowing tube, whatever. It's all connected. 
And it ha you know, the Bible says to guard your heart. We have to guard our heart. There's precious desires. There's precious promises that God's given to you. And you have to guard your heart. So we have to stay in faith. Waiting time isn't a passive time. It's an active time. It's an active time for you to be carrying out what God's word has said to you. Don't let anyone, anything talk you out of what God has said. Don't let it. You have to activate your faith in that moment. Continue to walk in obedience. Continue to speak the word. Speak the word. Continue to flow in the gifts that he's, op that he's given to you to operate in. Continue. You have to continue. You have to continue and you have to persevere. You know, in, in Hebrews 6, 12, it talks about that. Through faith and, and patience, you will inherit the prom promises in Hebrews 6, 12. Okay. Faith, patience. Faith, patience. So keep the patience, keep the faith, follow through, and see your heart's desire. Keep the patience, keep the faith, follow through, and see your heart's desire. By faith, by faith, you have to get your thoughts. I mean, that's why I did a whole um, devotion on called Lines, and it's speaking confessions. It's your thought process. It's your... Um, it's, it, it's your confession. It's what's going into you. It's what's coming out of you that matters. So what goes into you matters <laughs> and what comes out of you matters. So the right stuff is coming into you. The right stuff is going to come out of you. The right stuff's going into you. It's going to come properly out of your mouth. Your thought, your mouth, and your heart are all going to be on the same page. When everything's on the same page, that is like the, the key ingredient for faith to operate. When it's all on the same page, then you are like the right formula, the right formula to get what you're believing for. And so we know out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what you put in is what's going to come out. Are you filling in yourself up with doubt? What does doubt lead to? Fear leads to the unknown. It leads to, you know, I'm not sure if this is really what God's plan is for me in my life. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a lady and God's giving you a desire to have kids and you haven't seen it yet. So what's the automatic thing? It's doubt. I, I just don't know if I'm supposed to birth kids. I just don't know if I'm supposed to be the one having kids and maybe uh, God wants me to adopt. Okay, so there are people who have adopted. My sister has adopted two boys. That was a desire put in my sister's heart that uh, she followed through with. But it's not a desire for everybody to adopt. Some people, it's just a desire to have their own kids just like Jenna, who works for us, and her powerful testimony. Yeah, she could have adopted, but she got a word. She got a desire in her heart. And anything you attach your heart to, it's done. You got to attach your heart to stuff, and it's done. So Jenna, with a powerful testimony, I won't have to go in, it, in too much. We, we have lots of broadcasts and stuff on it, but if it's something you haven't heard, uh, you know, direct message me, and I'll send the links to you. Uh, but she had several miscarriages. She gave birth to three kids, left them at the hospital because they died during birth. 
Uh, one actually died inside of her before birth. And so what happens is you start with these attacks, with these, um, with, uh, these things that come your way that are so gut-wrenching that you think, I can't survive, I can't uh, move forward anymore. But if your heart's on it, it's like an automatic stamp. And God said, this is what you want, stick with it, persevere in faith. This is what I've given to you. So it's not that um, she couldn't have adopted. It's not that she could have gone uh, somewhere else to, you know, do, do other forms of ways to get babies. But her desire was to do it based on a word she got, which laid the foundation. And so because of that, she is living proof and her two little girls are living proof that she stuck with the desires of her heart. She persevered in faith despite all these negative reports. Cancer, you need a hysterectomy, you're never going to have kids, you keep having kids and they keep dying and you, you should move on and think other ways. It was a complete shutdown, a complete disconnect from the world's report. A complete, that's why I did number one, a complete disconnect from the world's report and number two, she stayed in faith and she was patient. She stayed in faith during that time of, of waiting and staying in faith. She was activating the word of God. She was lining up her thought process with her speech. She was lining up her speech and her heart. See, it was all connected. And when they all got on the same page, then she saw her miracle. Then what was placed in her by God, what was placed, what she saw in her heart. She saw children in her heart. Jenna saw children in her heart. And when she took hold of that vision, which I'm excited about for number three, when she took hold of that, she wasn't gonna be moved. She was not gonna be moved. So the cool thing is what she saw in her heart, she's now is now running around her house. What she saw in her heart, that desire that God placed in her heart is now running around her house. When we moved here to Florida, it was a big step of faith. I talked about this in one of my broadcasts last week, but when, when we moved to Florida, it was a big step of faith. It didn't seem uh, like it needed to be done, like why, you know, all these different reasons. But then when it got to the point to buy our home, there was, a home for sale, no, I don't even, it had to be God because there was no, it just like came up when I was searching online, didn't even have a for sale sign in the yard, so it's nothing I drove by and saw, just happened to find it online, happened to be in the same neighborhood that we wanted to stay, just around the corner, and didn't even know it was for sale, and Ted used to walk the neighborhood every day and would pass the house, pass the house of the neighborhood that we live in now, not even knowing anything about it. But he was golfing with our pastor and he was telling our pastor about it. And um, our pastor looked at him and says, put your heart on it. When you put your heart on it, it's yours. And so putting your heart on it is going to make it to my point number three in a second. Because when you put your heart on it, just like I, I told you that Jenna saw her kids in her heart. Okay, that, that vision in her heart was her desire and it came in front of her in form, okay, in live form. 
So when I saw that house that the Lord directed me to, I got a vision in my heart. I've, I've never envisioned, like I've seen places I like and it's not our first home that we bought. And, but I never like, I envisioned one night, like I saw, like I was looking through a glass, you know, and I could see in the house and I could literally see our stuff in it and with my family. And that's when I knew my heart lined up with my thoughts, lined up with my speech, and lined up with my heart, and it was ours. The house was ours, and literally that's exactly what happened. Boom, boom, boom. Five weeks later, everything lined up, completely perfect, and that's how we got our house. We put our heart on it. We got a desire at first. It was stern in there. And then we said, we can do it. We didn't look at that and say, you know what? That's the biggest thing we've ever bought. That's the going to be, um, like, I, like you know, when you first got married, like this kind of house would have been like completely out of our reach. I don't even know if one day we would get it. So, so it's funny when God gives you those desires and you move up in levels and you're like, yeah, okay. So now when I'm scootering with Alex, I'm like, Nothing's out of my reach. Nothing's out of my reach. So Lord, the desires that you're putting in my heart now for future things that you've talked to me about, I'm going to get them. I'm going to see them. And they're going to be placed in my hand because I'm going to dwell. I'm always going to commit my ways. I'm always going to take delight in the Lord because with that, I will see the desires of my heart. And so will you, which leads me to number three and I've got such a great story for you guys and you know not everyone's gonna super appreciate it but I want you to appreciate the outcome of it because you might look and so uh, April says we tithe like we should it's so hard to believe sometimes when it seems like nothing changes sometimes we're like okay God we're trying um I feel like faith and believing is feeling. I just don't feel it. So April, I'm, I'm not really going to get off too much from my thing today, but I just wanted to point this into you in regards to tithe and offering. With the tithe is not where you see the overflow of God. Tithing is just a returning to God what's his. It's not, it should not be looked at as giving anything. You're not giving anything to the Lord that way. Uh, giving, overflow, offering, that is when you receive the extra. That's when you receive the overflow. Tithing is just giving the 10% back to God. Which it's like returning what you've borrowed from somebody and you're just giving it back to them. You're not giving them a new present. You're just giving them back what's already theirs. So the tithe, yeah, it's going to keep you in a... Uh, life of not being under the curse and, and being blessed that way. But if you're looking for a financial increase within your family and within your own personal life, you're going to have to start giving above and beyond the tithe in, in offerings. That's what's going to cause um, the 30, 60 and 100 fold uh, blessing and return on your life is giving above what's already owed to God. And so if you need more on that April and more teaching, we've got plenty of that 
private message me and I will shoot you some links and podcasts that we have done in the past on that just to kind of help you out and show you if that's something you're interested in. All right, so number three, in order to receive your heart's desire, in order to receive your heart's desire, you're going to have to catch a vision, catch a vision. And I'm really, really excited about this one Um, because uh, – right, but April, think of it this way. Think of it when you are – if you were a farmer and you're planting seed. If you only plant sometimes, you wait for that thing to grow and then you take it. But if you're constantly putting seed in the ground, then you're constantly getting a harvest. So like if you sow a large seed or you sow something once a year you're, and you get your harvest back, you know, but in order to continually get a harvest, you have to continually plant seeds just like in the natural. So if you plant a seed and, you, and your strawberry bushes, you know, come up and, and you never do anything with it again and you pull all the strawberries off, well, great, you got the strawberries from that one seed, but we need to continually keep planting, planting in order to receive more and hey, I, I made it up in my mind uh, a few years back that I was going to give daily. So we've got lots of things set up throughout the month that gives daily. Because I heard a teaching years ago, and um, I, I believe it was actually with my my pastor. Now I used to go to that church when I was little, but it always stuck with me. And it was, uh, you know, if you're if you're giving every day, then then you're gonna have daily harvest. And I was like, you know what? That's what I want. I don't want to just give on special offerings at church or here and there. Like I want to give all the time. And um, so throughout the month, we're giving daily because I want to get that seed in the ground. So, um, all right. So number three, catch the vision. I'm going to go into Numbers 13. Numbers 13, going to start with 25, setting you guys up. You know this. they got the 12 scouts. They're getting ready to explore Canaan because um, this is the land that uh, the Lord's giving to the Israelites. So they're going to send out 12 uh, spies, 12 scouts to scout the land. All right. Scoping the promised land. Look at this. Verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. All right. So I'm just going to read the whole thing real quick down to 33. This is a report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. All right, so they, they all saw the same stuff. Uh, they all brought back, right? They all brought back stuff, uh, fruits, and they brought back some goodness from the land. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amilcala, Amil, uh, I, Old Testament names, for some reason, are my downfall in life. <laughs> Where's Ted when I need him? 
Amilkul, whatever, live in the Negev, in the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb, okay, he tried to quiet down the people as they stood before Moses. Because I'm sure these guys talking, they're like, here's the good news first. Here's the bad news. Good news, it's overflowing with milk and honey. Oh, the fruit looks good. Oh, it looks so beautiful. But there are giants. They're powerful. Their stuff is fortified. There's no way we're going to beat them. Sorry. It looked really good at first, but I think we're going to have to go to another promised land. Okay? So, but Caleb, he said, shh, 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 shh. Quiet down. Quiet down, people, as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. So catch this. Twelve men went, right? They saw the same thing. They came back with uh, fruits. They came back with... Um, uh, you know, the goodness of the land. They saw the same thing. They experienced the same thing. And they were given the same information. Now, what happened? What, why was Caleb different? Well, he caught a vision of what God could do to deliver their heart's desire to the land. Important for number three. You have to catch the vision of the desire that's in your heart. You have to catch that vision. Take that, take that story for a moment and let it sink in. They all saw the same stuff. So you're thinking you got a group of people here. They saw the same stuff. Same information. Caleb saw the giants. Caleb saw the fortified you know, walls. He, he, he saw how powerful everybody looked. He saw that it looked like they could be devoured. But he came back. He came back because he saw a vision in his heart. He said, no, we surely can conquer them. With, I mean, he was so confident. The, when you catch a vision of that desire that's in your heart, you become so confident. You become so confident. When Jenna caught the vision of the babies that God was going to give her in her heart, she became confident of God's word. When you catch a vision of the word of God and are confident and trust the Lord, your heart's desire will surely come to pass. Not everyone's going to see what you see. You know, you're going you're gonna to express a desire in your heart. And not everyone's going to see that vision. 
because not everyone's looking through the, sa the same eyes. Not everyone's looking through the same spiritual eyes. That's why you got to get people that are surrounding you, that, that are going to speak faith into you. And then when you say something completely crazy, they say, you know what? God's put that in you. I'm going to stand in faith with you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to see it come to pass with you. Because you're going to talk crazy when, when, when you are living by faith. You know, when, when Jenna had bad reports and you have cancer, you need a hysterectomy, you need this, you need that. You know, if she told the, the certain people that information, they would have said, yeah, probably best that you go ahead and get that hysterectomy. You probably should just adopt. Don't do that to your body anymore. It, it, you know, you're ruining your body. You've been pregnant like six times. You've delivered three babies. You know, you're really getting hard on your body. You're going to cause more problems for you. What if this cancer comes back? What if, you know, what, what if this? What, what if that? And that's what's going to happen. They're going to say, hey, you got some giants you're not going to be able to conquer them. Let's, instead of going there, let's not, let's not poke the beast. Let's go over here. It's safer over here. No. Y'all need to be like Caleb. Y'all need to look at the giants. Ah, somebody's calling me. You, I don't even, I don't even know what, who's calling me. You all need to look at the giants. You all need to look at the land. You all need to look at the place that is staring you in the face that looks scary, that looks unknown, that looks like, you know, you're never going to get there, that, hey, it's that carrot that's dangling and it's just, I, I, I'd be better if I moved on. Nope. We're going to take it by the horns. We're going to take faith. We're going to get a bulldog tenacity and you're going to look at it and say, God, you put that desire in my heart. I'm going to be like Caleb. I'm going to take him out. And I love, because Ted preaches an awesome um, uh, message on this over in uh, verse 9, which that's not where I'm going, but I love the response. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless, pray to us. They are helpless, pray to us. And in a, in a, in a, a, ser a sermon that Ted preaches is the giants are bred to us. You need to devour your enemy today, starting today. You have a desire that God's placed in your heart. You need to devour your enemy. You, it's time to take him out. It's time to look him up and down and sideways and say, move over, buddy, because this is the desire that God's placed in my heart. And I'm catching a vision now. No, no matter how big and no matter how small. You know, not everyone, not, not all your desires are going to line up with everybody else's and not all your desires are going to be some breakthrough miracle. It could be as simple as something that you enjoy, something that you like. You know, back in May, uh, we were coming home from Teddy's uh, birthday we did in Legoland. And I, I grew up with my grandparents having a farm in central Florida. So for many of you who don't know Florida, it's really not all beaches and palm trees. Honestly, that's, that's just the coast of Florida. When you get into inland in central Florida, it's a lot of pine trees. Uh, it's a lot of land. It's a lot of farmland. There's lots of cattle. Uh, obviously, we're known for orange juice, <laughs> citrus fruit. So there's tons, tons of citrus farms. 
and when I would drive to my grandparents' house, it's literally two-lane roads through farms, and they lived on a farm, and they had cattle, and they had chickens, and all of that. So, like, you know, everyone gets the whole, like, tourist pictures of Florida, but Florida, it, you can go and have so many different feels in Florida, and, and that's why I love it, is one minute you feel like you want like some tropical paradise vacation, and the next minute, you know, you can be a cowboy riding, you know, through uh, the flatlands, because there are no uh, mini hills here, just a little bit of hills, uh, and there are no mountains. But you can still have that country life here in Florida. And so, you know, I, I was getting a little ticked at, uh, <clears throat> I was getting a little ticked at Bill Gates when he decided to try to make arrangements for us saying, you know, by this, um, uh, we need to start uh, making uh, plastic hamburger meat and whatever he, I don't even know, process like in an actual factory. Like we don't even know what's in it. It's just supposed to be like, I don't know, replacing meat because uh, by, I don't know, 2033, it was like, we're not going to have this, we're not going to have that. And I got so mad about it. I said to Ted, I said, my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He didn't make the animals. Bill Gates in this world system did not make the animals that we have dominion over. Who the heck does he think he is? So when we're driving through Central Florida, I got such a desire to own cattle. I know, so crazy, but you know what? It was my desire. And so I was talking to Ted and we started looking at land and I said, you know what? Um, I, I grew up with my, my grandparents having a farm in Central Florida and I would love at some point, you know, just to have some land, have some cattle, you know, if we want to escape to it, just have a breather once in a while. You know, we, we live such a busy life and it's nice to have downtime as a family. Uh, for me, one of my love languages is quality time. Anything that has to do uh, with being with my family and doing activities with them, I, I love. I hold that, that's a love language for me. And so I, um, I said, Ted's like, well, look, look at some land, see how much land is, you know, we'll put it on like a, a faith board, a vision board. If you guys don't have like a vision board or a faith board, I'm not saying you have to um, have it like a poster with colored markers, you know, sometimes people think I have to have this board that's so artistically designed. Just grab a piece of paper, just grab a piece of paper and, um, and just write on it and be like, Lord, this is the desire of mine. This is a faith goal. This is something I'm, I'm working to, you know, th this is what you have to do. It doesn't have to be pretty for it to come to pass. It just has to be correct. It just has to line up with the word of God. It just has to be something that you are believing for. It doesn't have to have colored ink. <laughs> so. So make sure you get a vision board. Make sure you get a faith board going and put it in front of you. Before I continue with my story, that's what I did with this studio. When my father-in-law said to us on the couch in our home, hey, last night during the service, I saw a vision of you guys stepping into getting a office. The first thing I said to him was, can you draw it for me? I'm going to get a piece of paper and a pencil. Can you draw it for me? And many of you, when you guys 
have been around with us long enough and you had the testimony, you saw the drawing and then the actual building that we got, it matched identical. But you know what? I had him draw it, I stuck it on my refrigerator, and it was a desire. So the desire to have an office building was in me well before. I used to talk to Ted about it when we first moved to Florida. I say, we're gonna, we're gonna need this, and this is what I envision it looking like, and this and that, and the inside, and da 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 and you know, it, it wasn't the time yet, it wasn't the time yet to step out, it wasn't the time, but the desire was stirring. And I wasn't speaking against it. I wasn't going to say when that desire came, well, we're never going to have it. It's going to be a really huge expense and it's easier. We're not home a lot. What do we need a studio for? We can build a house, a room out in the house. Why do we need all of that? You know, everyone that works with us is in different, you know, we're kind of like some are in Florida, some are in other states, you know, but we make everything work. Why, why do we need that? So you can talk yourself out of what God has for you. You can talk yourself out of the blessing. You can talk yourself out of your desire. And so I said, you know, that, that was a desire in me. So when his dad said that, and I said, draw it, I'm gonna put it on my fridge because now I have my faith point. Now I have my contact in front of me. I had the desire, I got the word, and now I've got the, the drawing in front of me. And within, that was February, with two, two months later, during a world crisis, we stepped into what God said we could have. We stepped into the, the desires of our heart and the desires of this ministry. And it's only gone up from there. Um, it's only been bigger and better when the world is literally falling down around us. It's been the two best years of our ministry and every single way, shape, and form when the world's falling around us. And, and why is that? Because we're not connected to the world. We're not connected to it. If I had a connection to the world, when they fell, I would fall, right? So if you are uh, standing in line with somebody and you uh, like that game when we were little, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Tiffany right over. And everyone would be holding hands and you'd have to run from the other side as hard as you can and try to break, break through the hands, if anyone remembers this game. And so um, it's like that. If you are holding hands, if you are connected to this world system, so if, if the person that ran wasn't able to break through the hands and like kind of knock us down because we're hanging on as tight as we can together, then when that person next to me falls, I'm going down with them. That's why it's so important we disconnect from the world. When the world was having their crisis, crybaby, pity party, and everything else that was going on, our personal lives and our ministry were thriving the best it's ever been because there was a disconnection. There was a disconnect. So when they were crumbling to the ground and going through whatever crisis they wanted to, we were going higher because we were connected to the right source. We were connected to the kingdom of God. We were connected to God's instruction, not the world's instruction. We're connected to God is our source, the world isn't our source. That's what we were connected to. So what you're connected to will matter when you're trying to get your heart's desire. That's why my number one point was disconnect from the world. Then we have to stay in faith and we have to persevere in faith during that waiting time. We don't give up. We stick with it. 
And then number three was catch the vision. So back to my farm story, as we're driving through central Florida, and I was like, you know, I really want a cow. Now, isn't this awesome how God works? He, you know, we always, we always are like, um, in our mind, we feel like when we're asking for something by faith, we have to have things in certain order, right? We, that's just kind of how our human mind is. There's always steps. We need one to get to two, we need two to get to three. But, but operating in faith, I believe, is, is kind of funny because he'll tell you to step out and do things. He'll give you things, I feel like, not in proper order. And so, but it, it's like a taste for the goodness. So then it's like a confirmation. And then your faith goes higher. Your faith goes, hey, I need to get the other puzzle piece. I got this piece. Now I'm going to get this piece. And then this piece is going to line up. And I'm going to have the desires of my heart. So as I'm, we're driving through Florida, I said to Ted, I said, I, I really want to start having cows. Even if I start with one and then I, you know, I, I just want to start having cattle. I want to start having like, I'm living off of the land. I'm living off of what God's provided. And that just became a desire of mine. Now other people would be like, who cares about a cow? I'm good going to McDonald's. Me, I'm like, hey, I, I, want, I want the real meat. I want real meat. And so, but how could I have a cow? I live in a city there's no way a cow could be in my neighborhood. There's no way. And I don't have land right now. And like, how is this even going to? Okay. And so this is what happens. You could say, all right, Lord, well, this is great. Maybe in like 20 years, I'll get, I'll get what I want. Maybe in like this. But that's not how you have to operate when you want to see the desires of your heart. You can't push off everything until like the, the far future. You can't push you can't push things off that God's placed in your heart. You got to say, "How can I get this now? How can I get this now?" And so, we went to Montana and I love Montana. I have such a heart for Montana. I always have before we even went there. So like when God gave us a meeting there, I was like, "Thank you, Lord. This is for me." <laughs> Not for anybody else. <laughs> Not for miracle word. No, I'm just kidding. I was just like, "Thank you, Lord. This is a desire of my heart. He cares about every detail of your life. He cares about every detail of your life. The big things, the little things. He cares about every detail. That's how wonderful our Heavenly Father is. Every detail. And so um, we're in our meeting in Montana and two wonderful things happened. So as we were driving to church, um, I said to Ted, I said, for Christmas, you know what you can put on my Christmas list? I want a real cowboy hat. I want a real cowboy hat because it's just something I'm leaning towards. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, what is it? But like I said, everyone has different desires and he cares about all of them. And so I said, let me, I really want a cowboy hat. Well, two days later at the meeting, one of the guys that goes to the church brought me a Stetson cowboy hat. So now I've got one piece to the puzzle that I want. <laughs> My horse is parked outside. No, I got one of the pieces that I wanted. So just the little things that God does for you bring so much joy, right, to his children. So not even this. Like this was 
a bonus gift for me, right? Had no idea what God was going to do for me at the end of the week, right? So bonus gift for me was my hat. But little things, it's the little details. We can't look past the little things that God's given to us. So at the end of the meeting, we had a family that uh, drove in almost 300 miles from Guilford, uh, Montana, up, up close to the border of Canada. They drove the 10 kids, seven out of the 10 kids came. And um, you guys may have heard me in my afternoon broadcast give this, but um, thanks, Bonnie. And, uh, you know, the husband was like, I don't know, we're new to this, da, da, da. And the wife was like, I found the Shuttlesworths online, you know, <laughs> Facebook. And, and if any of them ever come to Montana, we're going to go. And so they drove and spent the week, got an Airbnb, spent the week. Well, the last night, the husband, so they own property in Montana. They're, they're ranchers. They um, came to us and said, the Lord was dealing with me on what do we give for an offering to you guys. Let me just tell you what I got. Here is a picture of what I got on my last night in Montana. I got a cow. 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 Um, that is a black Angus. Um, I forgot what was the second part it was called because... It was, um, what did I call it? It was a black Angus, oh, Her Hereford, a black Angus Hereford. So I got a cow and I'm so excited and now I have to um, name it. But I, I told my kids that I would let them uh, help me. So there's my cow, so cute. It's the only time you can say heifer and it'd be like a good connotation. There's my sweet heifer. <laughs> you can come back to me now. So that is what I got on my last night in Montana. And it was in May that it was a desire and it was in September. And I didn't even have to rock. I didn't have to pray about it. Say, oh God, how are you going to do this? I don't even live on a farm. I don't even do this. It was literally what Psalm 37 said at the beginning. Do you commit your ways? Do you dwell in his presence? Do you desire to be in his presence? Do you spend time with him? Do you trust him? So these things, so it's, it's not that you have to sit there and rock in a chair and pray by faith and this is what I want and how is it going to come, Lord? And I need a farm first and I need this. Nope. They're housing, my, they're housing my cow for me. I got a heifer and I'm going to breed it. And then he even said, you know what? When you guys get land in Florida, we'll make a way to bring it down to you, to your cows. And so that, it just is amazing that the desires of your heart, you know, she sent me that picture last night. She said, here, I got a picture of your cow and I'm going to pick out a brand. I'm going to put a MW brand and um, it's our miracle word cow and uh, I'm going to put it on there and then I'm going to breed it. And, you know, they said if I want to sell it, then I get the check or I can breed it. And so I choose to breed it because I want to multiply what God has given to me. And so even though little things like that may mean nothing to you, you're like, hey, I would hate having a cow. 
but there is a desire in your heart that God's placed for you to get. And it's nothing you have to sit and rock about. It's nothing that you have to have breakthrough prayers about. It's literally obeying and doing what Psalm 37, three through five says, to commit, to trust, to believe, to dwell, to stay in his presence. You know, some things will sound crazy to you. You know, like the story of Abraham. God told him he was going to have be the father of many nations. Hey, just look at the stars, Abraham. That's what you're going to have. You know, what did he have to do? He had to catch the vision. He had to catch that desire that God was putting in his heart to be the father of many nations and descendants. He had to catch the vision. Some people will look up and say, oh, those stars are pretty. Some people will look up and see people's faces. And that's what Abraham did. He looked up and just probably looked up and just visioned people, seas of people. That's how I look at it. And so what you catch the vision of is what you're going to hold in your hand. What you catch a vision of is what you're going to see right in front of you. What you catch the vision of, that desire in your heart, when you dwell in his presence, when you commit your ways, when you trust in the Lord, when you delight in him, that's when he says you will prosper. That's when he says you will um, have the desires of your heart. You've got to live a Psalm 37, three through five Christian life to get those things. You can't be a single person desiring to be married and then off dating Joe Schmo and sleeping around. That's not, that's not how you get the desires of your heart. That's not the way God is intended for you to get the desires of your heart. He's put someone in there. Make your list. Write it out. This is what I want him to look like. This is what I want him to do. This is how, you know, this is, this is where I'd like to meet him. You know, make it plain. Make your request known. Make it out there. It's not far-fetched to get the things that you want. I have a cow. Most people think that's far-fetched. I don't have a farm, but I have a cow. I don't have a horse, but I have a hat. <laughs> so it, it's not that everything's going to be given to you in the order that you think, but it's the steps towards what I am believing for. It's the steps. And so that is what Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, I'm going to leave with you. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So today you guys are going to remember disconnecting from the world. We're going to disconnect from the world. We're going to stay in faith. We're going to persevere. We're going to push through. When you're disconnected from the world, you're not going to believe the lies. You're not going to believe the report. And you're going to catch a vision. You're going to see what others don't see. And you're going to stay strong in faith about it. You're going to see what others don't see. Thank you, Jesus, for each and every person watching Thank you for listening by the sound of the replay of my voice. Thank you, Lord, for desires that you've placed in each and every one of us. 
You've asked us, Lord, simply to commit our ways to you, to live holy, to live righteous, to dwell in your presence, to trust you, Lord. We trust you today. We trust that you're our provider. We trust that you're our healer. We trust that you are our deliverer. We trust that you want us to live prosperous. We trust that you will provide for us. We trust, Lord, that when the world says no, you say yes. That is what we trust in. We trust in you, Lord. We trust in your mighty word. Father God, for every desire that people have in their heart right now, for every breakthrough that they're believing for, Lord, I stand in agreement with them. I join my faith with them. This year is not over. We are running hard. 2021, don't look at the next year. Don't move forward right now. We are finishing this year. We're finishing this race. We're finishing it with testimonies, with powerful miracles, because just like Caleb said, they are bred to us. We're devouring our giants. We're catching the vision that you've placed in us. We have an eye on the prize. We're living by faith in the mighty name of Jesus, and we're going to get what you've desired in our heart. We're going to get what you've promised us and we're going to hold mighty testimonies, mighty praise reports by the end of this year. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you all for joining me this morning. I want you to take those three keys. I want you to write a vision board, write a faith board, write something that you got to get a hold of, that you got to catch the vision of, that you see differently than everybody else. And what you see in your heart is going to come to pass. What you see in your heart, you're going to hold in your hand. Right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give uh, into Miracle Word Ministries. Thank you for helping us in all that you do, standing alongside of us, sowing into the ministry, praying for us, showing up at meetings. I mean, we feel the love. We feel the connection. We feel, uh, you know, together with you and in unity. But thank you for sowing. Ask the Lord today, what can I do? The year is coming to an end. This is the time to get the giving in. Well, you know, I, Ted and I make a, a, a vow and a goal every year to give more. And throughout the year, I don't guess. I go and I look and say, well, where are we at? Are we, you know, I know what we did last year. What do I need to finish off this year with giving more? And if not, you know, I go ahead and make my seed deposits. And, and, and we just thank you for standing with us. There's different ways you can give. Uh, one, you can go to the website and be a partner. We've got a brand new setup for you, different tiers, different things that you'll get as you become a partner, a victory tribe partner. That's what we call it, victory tribe, because we're not walking through this life disheveled and we need to do this together and with people that are going to lift you up in faith. Uh, so you can sow your seed on the website, miracleword.com. You can give here on Facebook, hashtag donate. Uh, you can give in Cash App or Venmo. It's MWGive for, for either option. Uh, info at miracleword.com is for PayPal as well as Zelle. If you want to give by Zelle, it's the same uh, web, uh, email that you see there on 
uh, the screen, but I wanna thank you. Thank you for standing with Ted and I. I really, really pray that we can see you again before the year is over. Uh, make sure to go to our schedule page uh, and see where we're gonna be for the rest of the year. I know we still have um, Ohio left and we still have a place in North Carolina, but as well as the one night uh, Victory Tribe Homecoming weekend, uh, November 12th at seven o'clock in Allentown. Uh, so it's all on our schedule page. Make sure that we get to see you before the end of the year. I love you guys so much. This week I'll be back. This week Ted will be back from Massachusetts. Thank you for uh, standing with us. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a partner. And thank you for joining me this morning. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.